This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Food that's good for the environment, good for the people who eat it, and good for the people who grow it. They pick it so it's beautiful when it comes to market, and you get to enjoy that. Local businesses is the, the first place that we can directly support somebody. You've got to believe in what you do, and if you stick to that, then you're getting there anyway. G'day and welcome to another Quicksand Food Podcast. My name's Stefan Postuma. Today I speak with Jon Miller from Eat at Sandy's in Bulleye. Eat at Sandy's is the sister restaurant of Sandy Goodwich in Wollongong, and it's a fantastic family restaurant all centered around one large wood-fired oven. They create fantastic shared meals using all sorts of different fresh produce. The menu changes frequently, and it's just a really relaxed setting. I had a great time chatting to Jon. We talk a bit about tips and tricks for using wood-fire ovens, and also some of the challenges of getting across a bit of a different concept to some of the clientele that might walk into a restaurant. I hope you enjoy this. Chat. Thanks for listening, and this is Jon Miller from Eat at Sandy's in Bulai. I guess to start with, like you, you know, you were in hospitality in Wollongong before you started Eat at Sandy's. What, like, what made you start a new venue? One of the things I think the main factor that got us thinking about starting a new venue and, and a different type of venue, other than like the sandwich fare and salads that we do at Sandy Goodwich was the fact that once a week we would um, we'd take our kids swimming and then after swimming as a, as a treat we'd go out and eat and we went to various different clubs um, you know between Thoreau and say, Wollongong um, and we, would, we just found that the food was lifeless, loveless flavourless um, and we're paying the same amount of money as if we had gone to, you know, a, a sort of average restaurant. Yeah. And there, were, and we, 100%. we, we, we thought there's, there's got to be 
something like how hard is it to cook just you know, a decent like steak and chips I don't need little baby flowers put on it with tweezers and I don't need you know some fancy whatever on it I just yeah. want steak and chips or I just want a nice piece of fish or just something that's that is that tastes like what it is uh, and there was nothing yeah. absolutely nothing a couple of times, you know, there were some good chefs at some of the clubs and you'd go one week and it was great and you go the next week and sort of look in the kitchen and you don't see the guy you saw last week and the, when the food came out, it was average again. Mm. So we've been looking for somewhere to do something like this for probably two or three years. Yeah, okay. And um, rather than putting money that I had received as an inheritance into renovations on the house which was our initial idea. <laughs> safer, we, um, the safer option? Yeah, definitely the safer <laughs> option. Well, uh, look, one day, honestly, I was just looking through, um, I can't remember what website it was, and, and it came up with a business for sale, and we looked at it. We'd been here for dinner once, and it was, um, yeah, anyway, it was not what we had expected. Um, but the space and the fact that it had a wood fire oven and a big kitchen appealed to me and I thought it would be great to do something in this space yeah uh, and then yeah just looking online and we knew that the place had changed hands about three times in probably as many years um, and when I saw the ad I thought oh it's it's a leftover ad that the, the real estate companies or the, the business for sale companies just left on to fill their website with content yeah okay but we had um, a lady that we know ring up make an inquiry and sure enough it actually was for sale yeah uh, so we just kind of got the ball rolling from there and um, decided pretty much it was either ring the builder and say great let's do it because we had our DA we had a builder we had everything sorted we just needed a start date yeah um, so instead of ringing the builder and saying you know okay let's do it on let's start whenever you can we rang the real estate agent and said let's it's my business. Yeah. Um, and here we are. Yeah. Mm. It's, uh, it's interesting, the sort of connection, because when you look at the place, it's sort of got that nostalgic feel of family diner-style yeah. restaurant, a place yeah. that's very kid-friendly, that's, there's lots of space, there's free parking out the front, and you know you can just roll into, and it's yeah, quite and, easy. And then there's even a drive-through ATM front so, is that yeah. really <laughs> if you come with no money and you don't have uh, I don't know like if you want to pay cash there's there's a drive through ATM <laughs> which is perfect I don't know of any other drive through ATM yeah um, but handy yeah, there you go and yeah I guess I mean it was it was a wood fire pizza restaurant which is great for families as well yeah but we kind of figured if you want pizza then there's you know three or four that I can think of within like a five minute drive from here yeah um, but I think a few people were quite concerned that we weren't going to do pizza. Really? And wanted to buy the pizza oven, you know, the wood-fired pizza oven from us. Um, but it's kind of <laughs> integral to what we do. So, 100%. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have bought the place if you had, didn't have the oven, oh, maybe. <laughs> look, it was definitely a draw card, but yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't a clincher. Yeah. Yeah. But is it nice having it? Oh, it's fantastic having it. Yeah. It's fantastic. Unfortunately... It's underutilised. There are so many things that we could be doing in there. Um, whole fish, um, more sort of obscure cuts of meat, yeah. which we have tried and put on as specials. Sardines in a wood-fired oven on a bit of toast. One of my favourite things in the whole world. Yeah, me too. But <laughs> it didn't sell. 
Really? Didn't so you tried it? We tried it. Didn't sell. Um, we had uh, a whole pig's head that we had that, that we got split in half and roasted in the wood-fired oven. Sold one, and no one touched the other one. Uh, you know, we only had two portions, only two halves of the head. Yeah. Um, people love to look at it on Instagram, but they don't want to eat it. Yeah. Okay. They don't want to buy it. Um, yeah. How do you like when you're when you were initially putting your first menu together for this place? Mm. How did you how did you how did you come to a decision of like this is the type of food I, I want to serve? Like as you said at the start, you like you want to you want to provide people the opportunity to go buy something that's just good cooking, simple, you know, well executed, simple food that caters for you know a broad variety of people. At the same time, I guess you probably want to challenge yourself a little bit, do stuff that you're interested in as well, not just yeah. catering to the masses. Like, Absolutely. how do you, what's the thought process in putting the first menu together? When we started Sandy Goodwich, um, we thought, all right, we, we, we pay rent 24-7, basically. How can we utilise that space to get the most out of... To, 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 you know, in, in order to get the, the, the most return, we've got to be there... Yeah, more, yeah, as many hours as we can be. So once, I think we started off doing once a month. We did a dinner, and because we didn't want to have table service, and we didn't want people saying, "Oh, I want, I want this, this, and that," and another table saying, "I want the other three things and whatnot." We just wanted to make it easy for ourselves, and we wanted to a challenge ourselves because we'd been, you know, we've both M and myself been in the industry for that many years, and we've got that many ideas, and I've worked overseas, and I've worked on boats. Um, and there's so much to be done. So we thought, why don't we just put together a menu once a month. We won't tell anyone what the menu is and we'll just do it communal style, which is the way we grew up eating mm. with our families. Big plate on the table with a roast, you know, a, a roast shoulder of lamb or a roast shoulder of pork and then eight or nine different sides, a uh, few different sauce options, a few different salad options and people just help themselves. And that took off and went gangbusters. And we had people, we did that for about three years. And for the first year, we didn't tell anyone what the menu was until they had arrived. And then we printed out menus and put it on the table. And people were like, oh, great. You know? The only reason we started telling people what the menu or parts of the menu were is because people rang up, and it was BYO. So people rang up and said, am I bringing red or am I bringing white? <laughs> and we'd say, oh, to this one, bring red. And they're like, oh, what's, you know, what sort of food is it going to be because I want to know what sort of red so we started telling people <laughs> and then someone asked us one day what the theme was and I think that one that we were doing was um, I think we'd, we'd taken a whole pig and broken it down and we were using lots of pickles and, and fermented stuff so I sort of said well the theme is kind of fat and acid <laughs> uh, and from that people started asking oh what's the theme what's the theme what's on the menu so we kind of had to divulge a little bit but but for the greater part people weren't they weren't fussed you know people would say you know I'm a vegetarian can I come and I'd, we'd say well no not really um, we did do a few vegetarian only dinners but I guess the idea for cooking here was born of, of that communal dinner idea that we had at Sandy Goodwich where we didn't want a whole menu of plated meals if you want that there's plenty of other restaurants to go to we wanted somewhere that you could come and have a family style dinner where everybody sits at the table 
food comes out in big portions, enough for however many people are at the table, and people can sort of help themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's like a family dinner that you'd have at home, but hopefully with the Sandy Goodwich slash Eat at Sandy's spin. Mm. Yeah, and like the way that the way that you've designed it as well it gives people a bit of options in you know there's always options in what to choose and the yeah different that's right I mean, you, you can come and eat pork shoulder and uh, sorry pork belly and there's 11 different sides and you get for each protein the pork the lamb the chicken or the veg there's you're able to choose three different sides so essentially you can come three or four times and have the same protein but completely different sides yeah. uh, you know, and then you can change the protein and see what goes with that yeah. and, you know, we, we try and keep the menu on a sort of seasonal basis um, so yeah changing it up as, as often as well not as often as possible but you know when, when a new season comes in and we see new veggies at the market yeah. we'll, we'll change the menu is, is it has it been difficult to convey to some people the concept of sharing everything and how that all works when people are used to you know reading through a menu and saying I'll have the fish yep. or whatever it is yeah it's uh, I, I don't know how else we can explain it other than the way we have on the, on the menu and yeah some people still are a little confused um, some people have sort of I guess more old fashioned uh, not quite outdated but certainly old fashioned views on what style of, of dining you should be getting in a restaurant yeah um, so yeah hopefully the staff we have can explain it to people in a way that helps them to understand mm. uh, but it's yeah it's definitely met with um, a fair bit of confusion from, from some it's messages. a bit of a shame do you like I feel like guests. different concepts in in eating styles like I mean there's plenty of fine dining places in Sydney and Melbourne and other places that that are shared shared concepts not necessarily like eat at Sandy's where it's really that homely feel where you get a really big piece of protein mm. and, and, and sides or whatever like you might go to a you know a place like Cumulus in Melbourne and get a whole lamb shoulder but you're paying 80 bucks for it you're not you know you're not yeah, doing it yeah. the same as the same as you do here um, do you think that the clientele in regional places like Wollongong are just a little bit behind in terms of their education when it comes to that sort of stuff and it just would take a little while to catch up and for them to accept different forms of dining not every restaurant is a you know just a just a menu or a, like I mean people know what a digger station is but like not set up in a traditional way yeah I, I do think it'll take them a fair while and I don't I don't believe that I don't like. I believe that if, if it stems from, like you say, Melbourne or Sydney, um, and they see top chefs doing it, then it's quite easy for them to accept. Yeah. But when something like this concept starts in their hometown, they're not really that sure of it because they haven't seen it in the Good Food Guide or uh, you know, Vogue Living or, or Gourmet Traveler yeah. or, or something like that, and. As much as we feel that people don't down here don't want to be told what to do in terms of you know oh in Sydney we do this so you should do that down here um, they kind of need that I feel yeah for them to feel okay about saying yeah we're going to do this and and it's it's okay you know I haven't heard anyone else talk about it but I think it's okay so I'm going to do it yeah uh, it doesn't seem to happen very often yeah 
So yeah, it's it's quite hard. Also, like you say, it's it's a shared meal. It's it's a shared menu in in the way that the whole meal is shared. It's not like oh, let's get this plate of food to share, and then we'll get that plate of food to share, and then we'll get this other plate of. It's it's a whole meal that you share. Yeah. As opposed to individual dishes, and each dish is designed to share. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then you're getting sort of one dish at a time. With this, it comes all together, and you eat like you would a family meal. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and it's priced accordingly as well. It's like it's so reasonable. Like it's such a. I, I think from my perspective, I think it's too cheap. Yeah. Because, um, be like you said, like like you were saying when you were talking about the price at clubs and stuff like that, you can pay thirty dollars for a steak and chips and you know mm. mushroom sauce at a club. Yeah. And you're paying less than that here, and yeah. you're getting you know different sorts of sides and stuff that's cooked in a wood fire overnight and you know there's attention yeah, to detail I, I think I think people it, it's quite a strange um, it's quite a foreign thing because it's a restaurant um, people expect restaurant service and restaurant style but to cut down on costs so that we can supply the food at a fairly reasonable price we've introduced the um, the, the, the buzzer system yeah. So you order your food, you get a buzzer. When your buzzer goes off, you go up to a different part of the kitchen and you collect your food. Pretty much the same in a club. So it's really strange when people say, I'm not paying $28 and I have to go and get my own food. And I think, well, hang on. If you go across the road to the club, you'll probably be paying minimum $28 for a meal and you've got to go and get your own food. And the food's crap. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, maybe if the food was crap, they'd be okay with it. <laughs> um, so it's really hard for people to get into their head it's a restaurant but the service style like a club um, you know and, and because we don't have waiters you know sort of running around and delivering food and whatnot, people are a bit confused which is why we need the staff to engage with the customers a little bit but not so much that they're bothering them yeah um and you know, if, if you want someone's attention, there are particular ways in which you can do that, and, and we'll be there. We'll be right there, answering questions, uh, helping you make decisions about about what it is that you want, yeah. describing the menu, describing the style. Um, yeah. Do you um, do you find like for me, a, a, a place like this is the type of place that you can just return to because it's it's well priced and the food's good, and it's not a style of food that you only go to on special occasions it's like on a mm. you know on a Thursday night if you can't be asked making dinner you can say let's go to eat at Sandy's and if there's only two of you it'll cost you 60 bucks yeah. and you can bring yourself a bottle of wine um, have you found like a, a, a group of regulars who appreciate appreciate it and, yeah, and, and, and return yeah yeah. We've, we've got quite a few regulars that come you know some, there's a couple of people in a couple of groups in particular that I can think of that come at least every week some of them twice a week that's great um, which is fantastic and, and they love it and they get the concept and they're quite happy to just go somewhere eat a meal like they would cook like you say at home but can't be bothered um, and, and and not be bothered by anyone else um, you know and, and in the same way if you can't be bothered cooking or you can't be bothered going out we do takeaway as well Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much 95% of the menu exactly the same as you get here you can get takeaway yeah um, so does that how does the takeaway work out for you you sell a bit of takeaway the takeaway's not too bad yeah yeah it's not like you know 
it's not like a you know, pizza or Chinese or Thai or anything like that. We're not inundated with takeaway orders every night. Yeah. Um, but you know, some nights like Origin nights, we do a fair bit of takeaway. Big sporting events that you know that's free on TV. Um, we'll do that. We've had people, large groups, um, make a reservation and then cancel the reservation, but say, but we'll get takeaway. So they'll order, you know, for eight people takeaway, which is for us. Neither here nor there. We're still selling the food. People are still having, you know, they're probably having an even better experience, I dare say, um, <laughs> because they're having a family-style meal in, in their own home. Yeah, and then they can put whatever music they want. You know, yes, yeah. can do whatever they want. They can yeah. sit in front of the TV. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's cool because, like, a lot of the time when people think about takeaway, it's just, it, like you say, it's pizza, it's Chinese, mm. it's Thai. You know, I don't know. Probably count on one hand what what you what your ba- basics are when it comes to takeaways. So it is nice to have something different, having yeah. an option out there. Yeah. I think it's uh, you know it's got a lot to do with people's understanding of like our style of takeaways, communal again. Where you know you know what like Chinese food is is communal. Yeah. But it's not plugged as communal. Thai food is communal. You ever go to China? You ever go to Thailand? You never. You very rarely get your own meal. You mm. get a table full of different meals and you all share. That was my experience from, you know, growing up in, in Sydney and parents taking us to Chinese restaurants or getting Chinese takeaway oh, yeah. or Thai takeaway. Well, it wasn't like, you know, that's your meal and that's your meal and that's your meal. It was, this is our meal and everyone takes from that. Yeah, you know? it's fun. It's good. Mm. Um, we'll talk about the dishes that you gave us for the book. So, I mean, the, the lamb is such a... Just, just falling off the bone and just delicious. Do you want to take us through how you do the lamb? Uh, the lamb starts off... Um, so it's a shoulder, yeah? It, it's a shoulder of lamb, which we sort of break down. Uh, we take the shank off it, and either we use the shank in the in, in the dish or, or we'll take it and make a special, like make a curry or just a typical sort of lamb shanks and mash uh, dish. Um, but that gets braised for about, oh, so a good, probably 12 about 12, 12 to 16 hours and that just gets done in a regular oven yeah and then when someone orders it it goes into the wood fire oven to finish cooking get a nice bit of color get that sort of smoky charry flavor to it uh, the stock that we braise it in is, is uh, added to well, we add some wine to that and that that gets put into the oven as well with, with the lamb um, so yeah it does it just it just falls off the bone and as long as you've got a little bit of flame in the oven you get a really nice color and really nice sort of flavor from it and you, you can sort of tweak how you heat the oven uh, and depending on how close to the flame or how far away from the flame you mm. the meat you get different um, textures on the on the skin or yeah on the meat. that's cool um what's for people that aren't that familiar with braising like you say like a 12 hour braise or something like that what's sort of, like what temperature do you run for a 12 hour lamb shoulder uh between like 100, 110 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. So people like people can do it. And I mean, I've found in the past that to do something like that, you do it overnight, unless you want to start yeah. it first thing in the morning. Yeah. But it's much, I've found that it's much easier than people perceive it if is, they haven't done it yeah, in the past. It's, it's dead easy. It's yeah. like when people say, you know, like they come in and they ask us about the lamb and we say, oh, it's, it's braised for, you know, 12 to 16 hours, depending on when we leave and depending on when the first person comes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Day. Um, it doesn't really matter too much. Yeah, it's like it's, you know, at 100 degrees, a couple extra hours here or there aren't going to make a huge amount of difference once no. it's already been in there for 12 hours. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of people sort of shy away from having 
if you're going to do it at home, they kind of shy away from having the oven on all night or all day. Uh, and I kind of say to them, well, how many times have you been at home with the oven on all day? And they say, oh, you know, a few times. And I say, well, your house is still there. Nothing blew up. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing caught fire. Um, so if you do it overnight or if you put something on before you go to work, it's like when people use slow cookers. Yeah. You, know, you put the meat in, you turn it on, you go to work, you come home, it's done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really not that difficult at yeah. all. It's basically submerge whatever piece of meat you're cooking in some kind of flavoured liquid, <laughs> um, put a cover on it, put it in the oven on a low heat and walk away. And walk away. Yeah. Just forget about it for a bit. Yeah. Um, and believe me, the minute you get home, you'll be reminded because you'll have this amazing smell <laughs> yeah, exactly. wafting through the house. Yeah, and you'll love go, it. oh, the lamb. Get yes. Out of the oven. Yes, know? the lamb. So I'm glad I did that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the fish pie. Let's talk about the fish pie as well. Fish pie uh, is a recipe. I can't remember who we got the recipe from. It's it's kind of an adaptation. We put um, sorrel in it and loads of. What fish sort of fish herbs. do you use? Uh, whatever's good at the market. Yeah. Well, whatever's good from our fishmonger. Uh, we use Harley and John down in Fairy Meadow. Um, and yeah basically today's one that we cooked up had um, John Dory in it mm -hmm. because the John Dory looked really good when I went in mm, it's a good um, fish to have in a pie yeah well, a lot of the time we use snapper um, the John Dory we found is nice and thin uh, nice texture cooks fairly quickly um, so we, what do we do we, we make a, a sous vide which is like a, an onion and cream reduction yeah uh, we put a little bit of fish stock into it, a couple of spices, layer the bottom of the pan with that, and then herbs, fish on top of that, um, some more herbs and the sorrel, and then um, a little bit more of the sous and then some potato scales, mm. and basically chuck the whole thing uh, in either in the wood-fired oven or in just a, a sort of standard oven, and then finish it under the salamander to give the potato scales some mm. colour. It just kind of depends on what else is in the wood-fired oven. It's a big oven, uh, but it fills up pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, well, it's good. It's good to have it pumping. Mm. Lots of stuff in there. But yeah. um, fish pie is something that... Fish pie or anything... Like, I don't know. I made a nice fish stock and used it to make a chowder. And it's so satisfying to just have just to have that sort of flavour. I yeah. love it, hey? I'm, Especially I'm quite, in winter. I've been told I'm quite strange in the fact that I love the smell of the fish market. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we live next may, to the beach. It may well be a chef thing. I don't know, but it, it does things to me. That There's a lot of chef things don't. like yeah. that. I don't know. That, that's something that it's a chef thing and a fisherman thing. I think yeah. maybe yeah. like people like this. I, I used to always, even from when I was little, because I was was fishing, like going to the going to the fish shop and just look at everything, get the smell. Yeah. you know, yeah. get your. Feet and I mean, I could order you know salmon or I could order snapper, um, but like anything, if you go and have a look at the produce, then you're bound to get what's nicer because you can actually see it yeah yeah cool makes sense okay so like one thing that i was going to do with you we'll just talk about cooking in a wood fire mm -hmm. and we'll start with what are some of your favorite things to cook in a wood fire oven so you mentioned sardines on toast yeah sardines on toast i mean why why does that lend itself to a wood fire oh i don't know i think it's it's almost it's, it's almost kind of a visual thing. I, I used to have a, um, a tapas restaurant in 
Paddington up in Sydney years and years ago. Um, and we did sardines over charcoal. Yeah. And I've eaten sardines in, in Portugal and in Spain, and they're just always done, in my experience, I've always had them done sort of over an open flame. Yeah. And there's just something kind of primal and know, almost like get down and dirty and use your fingers. And yeah. This is something about cooking with a flame. Which Oily is and charcoal. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I've been camping on, on beaches up, at, um, up in Fraser Island and, and while we never went fishing, um, you know, we used to get pippies, um, you know, take, take fish over from, uh, from Harvey Bay and just, yeah, cook over an open fire. And I think you know, cooking in a wood-fired oven... Is, um, is something that we've all... Well, it's in our DNA, really. Yeah, it I is. I mean, people you know, say, well, if you're not going to use the wood-fired oven for pizza, what are you going to do with it? And my answer to them is, well, remember when we didn't have gas and we didn't have electricity and we cooked on an open fire? Yeah. That's, you know, that's the smell you want, that's the taste you want. Yeah. Um, it's just... It, it's something that, that you just can't get from conventional cooking methods, basically. Yeah. You see it coming back a little bit as well. Like you see some cool venues opening up, you know, with a big focus on cooking over wood. Yeah, and, and there's stuff, heaps. There's, there's really cool. restaurants which have completely given away, you know, conventional stove tops and deep fryers, and, and they're just doing everything over wood. You know, and there's, I mean, there's even, even in the Illawarra, we were somewhere yesterday, and they had, um, and it's like a, a wood-fired char grill, basically, yeah. uh, which was a beautiful piece of machinery and looked like it had never been touched. I think they've only been open for a couple of days, so I don't know how much cooking they've done on it yet, but I kind of, it's like a, it's another chefy thing, you know, a brand new toy that you can cook over an open fire, mm. yeah, it's <laughs> got to be awesome, and, and some of the stuff we've done in here when we were testing the oven, um, again, whole, whole um, shoulders and legs of lamb, uh, whole pork belly, um, heaps of veggies, yeah. Heaps and heaps what of veggies. What sort of veggies are good to do in the, in the wood, wood oven? Whole like cauliflower. The, whole cauliflower, yeah. We do cauliflower. Uh, well, on our first menu, we did cauliflower. We do um, <clears throat> we do sweet potato. We do carrots. We do beetroot. Um, we make our tomato sauces using tomatoes that we've roasted in the wood-fired oven. Uh, the cauliflower is... Underrated veggie, I reckon. Eh? Very underrated. Especially when you yeah. when you get some yeah. colour on it and you get yeah. it yeah. get it really going. With a nice flavoured oil and some, yeah. some yogurt and some you know some barberries or sumac or, uh, or some dried pomegranate. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah. And it just if you cook it right, it just kind of melts. You know, the, the inside melts, the outside crunches. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. Do you have you put bread through there? We do make bread. Uh, we do, in the first menu that we had, we did a, um, a Lebanese flatbread, which we which takes about 60 seconds to cook. Yep. So all the work's done beforehand, and then we roll it out flat, uh, throw it on straight onto the base of the, um, of the oven, which gets a really nice uh, texture, nice color. You get sort of bubbles of, um, you know, the, the, the bread dough popping and blistering yeah that's what you want uh, yeah and at the moment and that that was beautiful and you could really taste the difference between that and the sort of store-bought flatbread and now we're doing a, um, a turkish pide mm-hmm. uh, which we also do straight on the on the base of the oven um, and yeah it's just i don't know like at, at, at uh sandy goodwich we get all of our bread from berry wood fired sourdough so mm-hmm. they do all their bread in the wood fired oven mm-hmm. as well 
I don't know how much of it they do straight on the on, on the floor of the oven because it is you know loaves. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a far superior flavour to uh, any other kind of bread. Mm. I think you can tell the difference, and I like the I like the f- what one thing that I like about cooking with wood, cooking with fire, is that you have to you have to you have to pay attention to what what the fire's doing. Yeah, it's not absolutely. just put the put the stove top on medium high, put your pan on, and then don't touch your pan or yeah. don't touch the gas. It's move the fire around and spread out the charcoal if you need to or bring it back up so it's flaming yeah. heaps and then move your pan closer or further away yeah, twist yeah. it around put it further back like I, like, I think i think for a lot of people that's probably one of the one of the draw cards to, to cooking with fire is that you get to play with it as well yeah <laughs> uh, which is what our parents told us to never do when we were younger yeah. you know, when we were on camping trips or when we were I don't know. I, I never went to scouts or anything, but I can imagine you know everyone, all the all the young kids got told not to play with fire because it's dangerous. And now you kind of have to play with the fire because otherwise you don't get the desired result. And like yeah. you say, you can change the temperature by throwing another log on or spreading the coals out or building it back up. Or you, you know you can get colour on something by igniting a piece of wood and having flames licking the the roof of the of the oven. Or you can just get a more gentle heat. And there's so many different ranges of heat that you can get in a wood-fired oven from when you first light it to when you leave it alone to even the next morning. Because a lot of people fire up the oven and the next morning is when they do their baking. Yeah. Or once the oven has cooled down enough, uh, if you're lucky enough to have a wood-fired oven at home in your backyard, once you've cooked whatever you're cooking, you can then throw in a shoulder of lamb or a leg of lamb. That's, that's the and, fantastic and, one as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, just leave it. Yeah, you know, and, and the whole thing just cooks over however many hours it takes for the oven to die down and um, yeah again that's like that's even less worry because usually the oven's in your backyard uh, if you're smart um, <laughs> not in your house and <laughs> yeah you know nothing's going to burn down and you're going to yeah. have this amazingly flavoured long yeah it's a, it's a it's a it's a deep rabbit hole the old wood fire you know whether yeah. it's cooking on a wood grill or on a in a wood oven like I mean, we haven't even started talking about how different types of wood, you know, work differently and provide different flavours to yeah. different things. So, you know, there's a whole world out yeah, there. Even in, in summer when we started, there was, you know, a, a glut of, um, of of plums and we bought boxes and boxes of plums. And on a Sunday night when the oven was sort of dying down, we spread the coals out and we'd spend you know an hour all three of us in the kitchen cutting plums de-seeding them laying them on racks and then the next morning i'd come in on on monday morning at like six o'clock before i took the kids to school pushed all the racks into the oven and by wednesday morning when i came in to start work again we'd have these amazing dry plums wow with plums we did it with um (laughs) we've done it we've done it with bananas um you know, all sorts of fruit, peaches, nectarines. Um, there's so much you can do. If you want to flavour oils, you can leave something in oil, you know, in, in the sort of dying dying heat of the fire and just that gentle heat will coax the oil out of whatever it is you've got in there mm. and, and flavour the the liquid. Um, yeah, it's there's there's so much you can yeah, do. Yeah, it's more than just pizza. And so little time. <laughs> Basically, yeah. 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 <laughs> there's a lot of people who get, like... And, and some of the reason why I ask you is because there are people out there who do have a wood fire oven in their backyard yeah, yeah. or yeah. in their house if they're not so smart. And um, they, 
maybe underutilize it you know like maybe it's like let's fire it up you know once every two months and have a pizza night and yeah. it's like yeah. okay but you, you, you know that there's a lot more that can be done yeah there is a lot so, more that yeah. can be done look I think in general which is going to open like you say a rabbit hole you know into all sorts of things and there are so many things that you can so, so many sort of secondary uh, elements of food like you know if you you can even make stock in it if you break down a fish you can put the fish bones in in a pot of water and push that into the oven as mm. well uh, it, it's all a matter of time and necessity I yeah. guess um, and if we all had lives like <laughs> Neanderthals and we didn't have to go to work or anything then I'm sure the oven would get used a lot more yeah, <laughs> yeah at, at this point we kind of do as much as we can cool. and, but yeah th- there is still lot to be done love it um, anything else you want to talk about um, I don't know I think in, in a restaurant like maybe staff in a restaurant yeah. like this um, which is very different because we cook with a wood fired oven we've been quite lucky uh, and we've got staff that are really sort of looking for new things uh, in, to staff in terms of kitchen staff um, yep. you know, these guys haven't worked on on anything like this before, I've I worked on a, in a wood-fired uh, pizza restaurant when I was a fourth-year apprentice in Double Bay, and we had a wood-fired rotisserie there as well, and it was it was really eye-opening because, mm. like you say, there's just so much you can do on it. Uh, it's it's just another oven, basically. So whatever you can do in a normal oven, you can do in a wood-fired oven, mm. uh, but not the other way around. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's great fun. We try and rotate. Who works where in the kitchen? So everybody That's has good. a go at the at, at the oven. Uh, I'm, I'm up next, which is nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just it keeps people interested. It keeps ideas flowing. Um, you know, there are certain things that we've all done in other restaurants that we can try and tweak and adapt to, to doing in a wood-fired uh, oven. Um, it's a great it's a great time waster as well. Really, I mean, lighting <laughs> that thing, you can just watch it for hours. And then there's the it's nice to keep warm yeah, in the morning it as is, well. Oh, look, in winter, it's a great place to work. Uh, but also, um, you know, there's a shitload of wood that needs to be split. Yeah. Um, we get, you know, between two and three cubic metres of wood every two, two and a half months. Um, we've got a little wood splitter out the back. Um, but that's, yeah, like if anyone needs to procrastinate about anything, I don't care if you go out the back, you want a cigarette, you want to procrastinate. While you're there, you split wood. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is also very satisfying when some of that wood just splits yeah, straight in half. It's, um, it's <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> um, probably leave it there. Yep, no worries. Great. Thanks for talking to me. Pleasure. Thanks for joining me for another quick sand food podcast. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Jon Miller from Eat at Sandy's up in Bulleye. If you want to find out more about what they do, you can check out their website. It's sandygoodwitch.com.au. If you want to find out more about what we do, we're at quicksandfood.com or you can find us at quicksandfood on social media. Thanks for listening to this chat and we'll catch you with another podcast next episode.